1: Welcome to the very first episode of Tradies. Myself, Sam McClure, and my co-host, Mitch Cleary. Every week, we will chat. Trading, buying, and selling of AFL players. My co-host is in the chair and ready to go. Hello, Mitch. I've walked into the wrong studio, haven't I? Who would have thought? It does feel... You you're certainly dress like you're in the wrong studio. Well, nice of you to roll out of bed for but, us this you. afternoon. Yeah, good podcast start from us, by the way, talking about visuals.
0: <laughs> I'm in the suit. But 10 years of us butting heads over trade stories, and we're yep. finally coming together in... Uh, a nice unique platform.
1: Yeah, and this has been in the works for several years now and I, I know, you know, I've been talking to you about it for a little while. We've both worked in the space for a long time as you just mentioned and I think people have more of an appetite for trade news. That's only one part of it. The other part of it is that it's it's real. It's happening so far out. Why do we have to wait until the trade period or close to the trade period when it's happening right in front of us right now? And already people are talking about this podcast before we even stepped in the studio. Before. I did I did hear someone tell me
0: that. Mm, little birdie. But fans need to know Something that... It's unlike us to be making waves. <laughs> Tuesday night of a regular AFL season home and away game, your coach is off meeting with rival players and talking to his list management team about what happens mm. in October. We'll get to that. This stuff is happening 12, 18... 24 months in advance, and we want to try and take people along for the ride.
1: Yeah, okay. And and that ride starts right now, and if you're listening to Season 1, Episode 1, we, we thank you for that. So we'll be on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts every Wednesday morning. Perfect time to listen to the trade news, middle of the week, and we're going to be here all the way through until the end of trade. So, get it while it's hot. One name he's going to feature all year is Tom De Koning, and you've yep. taken us straight to the front of the queue on this
0: one. Where is his situation at right now, and why has this turned so many heads
1: before a ball's been bounced in round one? Yeah, one of the more fascinating ones I can remember, given how few games he has played, and how many times he's actually turned heads for a full game. Like, when was the last time you walked away from a Carlton game going, he, he tore that yeah, game it's apart? It's glimpses. It's glimpses, and look, at his size... And age—that's completely fair enough. Eight-year deal on the table from Sydney. Eight years. Yep. St Kilda and Essendon very, very close behind, and both have made it clear that they will offer long-term deals as well. And the Saints, obviously, with Sauce, was the man that was there when he was arriving at Carlton. As yeah, he, young well, he drafted prospect. him. Yeah, yeah, he picked him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that, that along with Paul Brody in their team.
1: Yeah, and there's another huge club, Essendon, who are desperate for all sorts of talent at the moment in the middle of this mini rebuild under a new CEO, new coach, new president. So, you know, they'll have cash in the bank. You know, he'd be a perfect foil, a perfect second man with Sam Draper, wouldn't he? I mean, yep. imagine those two, and obviously Tom can play a fair bit forward. And then, so so that's part of it. That's one half of it is who's after him. The other half is Carlton, and I find this part of it equally fascinating. You speak to anyone at Carlton right now, particularly if you're speaking to them off the record, <laughs> Or you chat to people who are going in there for briefings, whether it's you know people that work for your Network 7 or Fox that are going in there talking to people watching training. It's hard to find someone that is glowing about Tom to the point where it's, we will do anything yeah. we can to keep him. Is that trying to douse the hype or is that them realizing
0: partly that with Mackay and Kurnow and Jack Silvani, who plays that perfect third, tall, forward role, that there might not be a, a walk-up start for him, given they've got to manage what's happening with Mark Pittnet that he's not necessarily yeah. in their top 12 players. And he's going to be paid like a top five player.
1: I think it's a bit of both. And I think the new um, list manager, who's not that new anymore, Nick Austin, who's got a record of being very calculating and never losing his cool. You know, he's very calm. He looks yeah. at things as, as numbers on a page, as ultimately players are for a list. I think there's there's a level of confidence at Carlton that we're not going to be held up against the wall yeah. with this one. If he wants to go and clubs are willing to offer him a godfather deal, well, he's out of contract, so we're going to have to listen to it. But I, I think their sell is, we, we've got the last two Coleman medalists We've got the Brownlow Medals. We think we're about to explode. Yeah. We want you to be part of it. So so I mentioned there were two halves. There's there's probably there's two 40% halves, and then there's the 20%, which I haven't mentioned, which is the background of the background. So Tom is managed by Connor Sports. Yep. Paul Connors and, and Robbie D'Arazio, uh, business partners. They've got his brother down the highway as well, which yep. and I wouldn't discount Geelong as part of this conversation. I completely either. agree. Robbie's Tom's manager. Now, Paul and Robbie have a, a like Tom Petro, who are probably the biggest managers in town. Have the amazing record of always getting their deals done. Very rarely do any of their players get left hanging. Yeah, if they want to get somewhere, they also do long term deals because they like you know the name of the game is how long can we keep our players in the game. That's ultimately it. Yep. They also manage Mark Pitnet, so you've got a situation where I don't personally think Pitnet and Dakoni can play on the same team with the other tools that they've got. It might work out, but <laughs> you've got them both being managed by the same guys who are trying to get them the best deals and the most amount of games. And this happens, and we'll get into this across the course of the year. This happens every at every single club. Yeah. And it also happens with coaches. Well, look at Fremantle. Rory Lobb was trying to move last year with Colin Young as his
0: agent. Yep. He was having conversations about where he wanted to move while under contract. And Colin Young also manages the coach. Justin Lemieux. So yeah. these conversations are going... And conflicts are everywhere. Everywhere. But you this current one is pertinent this year with what is going on with Tom DeConing. Pitnett, can his body stand up as that number one ruck? Yep. And where does DeConing fit? Is he an actual ruck forward or as your forward ruck i still see him personally as a future ruckman in the competition i think yeah i'm not so sure his actual forward now needs some time and some work i've seen more from him as an actual ruckman as a fort than a forward right now and that's where you look at the geelong conversation i think you know Reece stanley's into his 30s now they've got a young guy there toby conway who they're going to put a lot of stock in but the deconing
1: conversation of pairing them both up at geelong is a real conversation so what we're going to do is we might even try to physically get one for episode two. I'm gonna get. We're gonna get a whiteboard. Yep. And each week we're gonna put. It can be a player. It can be a club. It can be an evolving situation. We're gonna put that on the whiteboard. So Tom De Koning is my first player to go on the whiteboard. Is it permanent marker as well on the whiteboard, or is it a whiteboard marker for him? I think he's gonna be there for a while this year. Yeah, no, I can't see him going anywhere.
0: What have you got? My first one is Cosy Pickett. I think this has got all the hallmarks of Luke Jackson. 2.0 oh, yeah. and it just lingering around I
1: would just scare Melbourne? every Melbourne year, fan
0: just fell off their chair and it's because of this
1: we think we're in a good spot we, we, you know he loves his footy club he loves his mates he, um, he obviously has family um, interstate that all comes into into the equation um, but no we, we think it's in a, in a really good spot absolutely so to answer pass, the question is there, is there, there a time frame though that you'd be nervous I think we'd like things to be done as soon as possible for Colors and for us um, no, I, 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 I couldn't. I'd be making something
0: up. Alan Richardson speaking on SCN. I've heard that before. The head of footy. We're going to wait our time. We're in a good spot. You know, Coszy loves the club. These are all the same things I was talking about Luke Jackson this time last year. Now, I'm not saying Coszy Pickett's gone by any stretch, but you look at the conversation last year with Fremantle and West Coast coming for Luke Jackson. Well, coszy has got four. He's got family in WA. He's got family in SA and, and spent the last years of his junior career playing for SA in state championships. So he's got. Where Jackson had two, Cosie Pickett's actually got four. And the, the power and these clubs have been thinking about this guy for a long time, ever since Melbourne moved up and traded a future
1: pick to get him in the same draft. Well, that's so what, they got so that's what I was going to say. Like Melbourne have won a flag, so I'm sort of arguing against myself here. But it's, it's never a good look for a team when you lose guys that you put so much effort in before the draft to then draft, yeah. and then you lose them before they reach their full potential. And I think he's just starting to heat his straps now. He- Agreed. His
0: endurance base is going to increase a lot in the next 12 months. He's going to get some stints through the midfield this year. There's even talked that he and Petrarca, Mike, tag team between half forward and midfield. So we'll see Cozzy through the midfield a lot. If this gets to mid-season and he's not signed at Melbourne, it is alarm bells. I think we'll be all there at the airport with our cameras waiting for Cozzy Pickett to roll through. Don't drag me into this. You'll, you'll be there. <laughs> well, you'll be there with your mic maybe for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't maybe, be... yeah. I heard a funny story about you the other day, actually. We oh, might good. get to down a, down the track. It's one okay. of your first jobs for AW, holding a mic at a Siege overnight. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Looking
1: forward to that. Um, Episode three, maybe.
0: But last year, Jackson, they told us all year that it was all good. And then Jackson told us at the end of the year that it was mid-season point that he met the coaches and made his decision, basically. Yeah.
1: I, I never at one point thought that he was staying in Melbourne.
0: No, I don't think we did. And but I don't I know- I think there's room, there's room to move for Cozy I think there's still a chance he stays at Melbourne, but they'd want
1: to get it sorted in the next 10 weeks. Okay, so talk to you about money then. Because Freo are paying Jackson, on average, over 850 Yep. Which is unbelievable dollars, but makes more sense given their need for him and his size and the fact that there's not many like him. Yeah. Now, Cozzi's not quite like that, but he is also a point of difference because how hard is it, we've seen over the last 20 years, how yep. hard is it to find- Goalkeeping, small forwards, yep. who can be thrown into the middle, but we don't know, quite know how good this guy can be yet. So wh- where's the money going to be? And that's
0: the same conversation as Jackson. I think the market, the, the values there for him in the market compared to what Melbourne can do. They've already committed long-term deals to Petrarca, Oliver, yep. Gorn's on good money as he should be. Main Lever, which we'll get to. Gr- Grundy's <laughs> Grundy's down a long-term deal. <laughs> well, the pies are paying <laughs> quite yeah, a chunk. I of know, that. but still, I think the the, the money that Cosie Pickett will leave on the table at Melbourne could be, you know. 150, 200 grand if he's dollars if he's to stay. He could well be a loyal guy, but I think there's going to be more money in the market out there for him. So he's my first entry on the whiteboard.
1: What about Tom Dudo?
0: Yeah, this is a fascinating one. So I've looked for the captaincy. He'd been earmarked for that role for two or three years. I'm told by so many people that he's not upset about that, that he's fine and he's fully supportive of Jordan Dawson. So you can put that to one side. Well, that's good. And that also speaks a lot about his character. Yeah. and Which is good for other clubs yeah, hunting him, right? Yeah. And I think you get the old guy like, the Josh, Dunkley, uh, the Josh Dunkley last year where they know the market, they know the landscape. They almost thrive in what happens behind the scenes and the dealing. Tom Duda is that, that guy. He is a big NFL fan, NBA. He loves the American sports, very Americanized with his thinking. I think if there's one guy this year who's going to know the market, know what his value is, it's Tom Duda. But he's just going to sit back for four to six weeks to get a bit of footy under his belt. Had the AC joint last year, was sore, didn't get right at the end of last year. They were playing him sore, if he has a strong first four to six weeks, watch his value skyrocket in the market that is craving key backs. Well, who needs him? Brisbane is one that instantly comes to mind yep. with Marcus Adams out with his concussion. They've got Harris Andrews. Darcy Gardner always plays undersized. Brisbane is one instantly that comes to mind. Carlton. Carlton. I mean, they've been struggling for a second back for a long time. They've just signed Lewis Young to three years, but yep. we don't expect on, on massive money. Essendon as well. Zach Reed's still, his body's not coming along as a as a long-term partner to Jordan Ridley. So there's
1: quite a few, I think, that are going to be in the market. for. Or Essendon, we'll get to this later. Essendon's just going to be linked to everyone, e- ever, every, for the next three all years. All year, every year. Essendon are going to be like Carlton and Melbourne of the early to mid-2000s, where it's just like, yep. good player out of contract. Carlton and Melbourne must be. Yep. Need players. Well, Essendon have salary cap space too. Yeah, well, they should. Yeah. Okay, so you've got two on the whiteboard. I'm a, I'm adding one more now. Just don't panic when I say this, and I don't want you to jump all over me. But Dustin Martin, hang on, he's still got. So he's still on one point three million dollars this year. Yep. This is for a guy who his own coach says is changing his role. Well, he's training well, which is always the first and foremost. He had a great pre-season also. So his role will be a little bit different this year, the way we use him. Obviously, we bringing bring in a couple of, you know full-time mids, he will probably get some midfield time without being predominantly <clears throat> mid, if that makes sense. So, you know, what we're sort of hoping for that, you know, if Dustin Martin's forward of centre, he's going to kick a fair few goals, we would hope. So, the way we use him is probably similar to how, you know, Melbourne use Petrarca, Degoe. Cripps is a little bit in the, in the same boat, the way he goes about it. So, uh, it's going to be a challenge for the opposition, but we certainly know that if Dustin's playing our best footy, both our footy club, but more importantly the AFL in general are really, really happy. Okay, so, now, yeah. No, no one's blaming Richmond. It's it is the the best deal that has ever been done in football because the guy, apart from Lee Matthews, is the best player ever to play. When you think about what he's achieved, best September player of a lifetime. Yeah, and there is a strong argument that had he not played in those games, yep. they probably lose one or two of those grand finals. Definitely, the De- definitely the one. Gap one. Definitely the Gabba one. Yeah, and potentially. The pros. But- yeah, potentially one of the I mean, I know they won that game very easily, but he was so dominant. So, Richmond were very open to him leaving at the end of last year because it frees so much cap space, and it would have given them a time to say goodbye to a favourite son. So, you think Richmond were trying to edge him out the door last year? I think edging out the door is is not the metaphor I'd use. I'd say they were opening the door and letting him smell what was outside, and if he ended up leaving, well... You know, could have benefited both. Yeah. Now he's ended up staying. No one's disappointed about that. But Gold Coast were ready and willing. He'd be the perfect figure to market that footy club, wouldn't he? And I still think they're neck deep in it for the end of this year. For the end of this year. Yeah. Which well, it just makes sense. Like and it's obviously completely dependent on how the Tigers go this year. So you're saying what Gold Coast did last year with
0: their salary cap, they shipped bows off. Yep. They copped that whack at the time they've cleaned their salary cap up they're telling us this they're, they're re-signing these young kids you think there's something else at play here with
1: them totally yeah absolutely i mean i th- i would expect that depending on what happens at the end of the year they're going to make a play at one of dusty or buddy or both so buddy's one more is, is not one more well i heard someone describe him this week as his 19th and his last season when did he ever say that well, he said one more. I think we were all taking it as that. Well, him and Jacinta have just bought a, an eleven million dollar pad on the Gold Coast. Yeah, the commute. it's a nice it's a nice retirement plan. The to the I'm going to go play left to Carrara wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I'm going to play 11, 11 games for Gold Coast. I'm okay. going to help Ben King and Marbio Troll yep. develop a relationship. And afterwards, I'm going to go into coaching or as an ambassador. Like if he's already living there, it just it makes sense. And I know all these people will be saying, "Well, he doesn't need the money," yeah, but like. These guys that have paid this amount of money often have expensive lifestyles. Yeah, So it's not as like, you don't go from a million bucks to zero and be happy about it. So for me, it just makes sense. But the Dustin Martin one is a a really interesting watch because the other thing we don't know about Dusty is what kind of headspace he's been in. Now, the guy has been to hell and back in a couple of different ways in his personal life. So that's why when I was talking about Richmond leaving the door open, no one begrudged him for what he'd been through, both what he'd achieved as a player and also what he went through with his dad. So, mate, if yeah, if it's gonna, if you're going to be a happier person and therefore a happier footballer, not at Punt Road, we're not going to hold it against you. And like we just heard from Dimmer,
0: he's a star, and I've seen him a lot at preseason this year. I think he's going to play really well as that third forward around Revolt and Lynch. Yeah, but you don't play that. You don't pay that sort of player one
1: point three million dollars to and, pay that to play that role. And that's the exact point. That's the exact point I'm raising is that he's he's no longer that that player value is he? Especially when we got Hopper and Taranto on good money. Now, we've said this, he's going to probably turn around and kick 65 goals playing uh, 18 games and we're going to look silly. But if that happens, then uh, we'll we'll scratch his name off the whiteboard.
0: Yeah. I think we'll get a good insight into the Dustin Martin of 2018-19 this weekend against Carlton in front of 85,000, 90,000 at the G to see if he's still got it in him. Yeah.
1: I'm hoping he does. I'm sure that you are. Let's get into our next seg, Nuts and Bolts. So It's on the trade, his name, by the way. Yes. Nuts and Bolts. When's the
0: last time you think you went near nuts and bolts? Are you, are you a handyman? Are you, uh, you busy on the tools? Uh,
1: you and I did a photo shoot <laughs> in which I held a drill, and I can confidently say that was the first time and the last time that I'll hold a drill. Yeah, Not not my forte, and I try to own that as much as possible. Also, just before we get into that, you, you, you um, to my memory. So the show is called Tradies. It was originally called The Tradies. That was the name that yeah. I pitched. And then Dylan Buckley, who's our, our overarching sort of... Um, Dictator? No, I was I was gonna I was gonna go with sort <laughs> of paternal definitely. presence, but yeah. you've gone with dictator. Interesting to see how that works in contract negotiations. <laughs> he had his own Justin Timberlake moment. Now for those who haven't seen the social network, Sean Parker, uh, founded Napster, took it from the Facebook to Facebook. Drop the, the just Facebook.
0: It's
1: clear. So when we've got a billion dollar <laughs>
0: <laughs> rights agreement rights agreement,
1: that's we can we'll tell that story. Okay, looking forward to that. So here we're basically gonna talk about a Player movement scenario from the past that had a lot of avenues, a lot of different strands to it, and take you inside it. So so I'd like to do the Giants. Yeah. Now, the Giants have been famous for giving long-term deals to their best players, and for a few years there, they made prelims and a grand final. It was working. Like, if you're going that deep in September, you can't question how they've built their list. Yeah. And I actually think, given what they went through, they've done really well. That 2016 flag, when they lost to the Bulldogs at home in that prelim, that'll be the one. Unfortunately, they've they've messed it up. Yeah, and it's now it's cataclysmic. Not the word I would use, but when you're paying five guys a million dollars each in a season where you're tipped to finish bottom four, that's bad. And you're paying the, the likes.
0: Speaking of Dill Buckley, you had so many guys at one end, and you had so many guys at the other end. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're
1: trying to say about <laughs> Dill. That's that's clip, clip number two, by the way. Dill, looking forward to the third one. So Stephen Cornelio, is out of contract. He's got huge offers on the table from Hawthorne, from Carlton. Yep. He's ready to leave. And was weighing it up within an inch of its life. Yep. Now, they've got coach Leon Cameron. They've got list manager Jason McCartney. They've got then head of football, Wayne Campbell. All really experienced football guys. They're sitting there going, look, we love Stephen." Yep. But the, the the reality is- And he was flying at this stage too. He's gone really, he was one of the best players in the comp. Yeah. The reality is we've got Josh Kelly. We've got Taranto. We've got Hopper. We've got Tom Green coming through. You know, I think they're just about to draft Lockie Ash. They've got midfielders coming out of their ears, right? I've probably missed, missed a couple there. Whitfield, the obvious one. So they wanted to keep him, but they couldn't offer the money that these other clubs could. And then one meeting between Canelio, his high-profile manager, Tom Petraro, who, again, he gets deals done, and Dave Matthews, the CEO. They sit down in a room, the three of them, they come out, deals been done. Seven years, 1.2 million bucks. And one other rider? Which was? The C next to his name? Well, no one's ever going to admit that at the club. But the facts are this, Phil Davis and Callum Ward were captains. Yep. They were once again voted by the players to be captains. And for whatever reason, someone decided to go above and beyond, disagree with that vote, and say, no, Stephen will be captain. I personally don't think the Giants have ever been the same football club since then. Since that one meeting. Yeah, because... They chose to keep a play. Now, now, I feel for the Giants and I feel for guys like Dave Matthews who have built that club from the ground because they look at all their players and you think about all the stars that have walked out on that joint and they can't do anything about it because they've got talent coming out of the reviews. Yeah. They've got the same salary cap as everyone else. The AFL took Kohler away from them and the Swans. What are they supposed to do? So when it came to one of their most inspirational on-field yeah. leaders, Dave and, and whoever else at the club sat there and went, no, I'm not, I'm not letting them take another one. So you think... Carlton and Hawthorne can get nicked. What had happened in the last three or four years, losing the guys they'd lost at that time, contributed to that decision? No doubt. They weren't going to let it happen again. And if it meant that Stephen needed to be captain, well, you know, Phil and Callan have been great stewards of this club for a long time, but their time has to come to an end at some point. Why can't it be now? Yeah. So I don't begrudge the decision at the time. What I'm saying to you, Mitch, is that these decisions have ramifications. And the ramifications we saw, just, just making it to last
0: year... Taranto and Hopper. Yep. If that Canelio deal's not there, there's every chance at least one, if not
1: two, are both still in Giants colours this well, year. No, let me put it to you another way. If Stephen Canelio leaves, there is no way that Jeremy Cameron is not at the Giants right now. I'd argue that
0: Cameron went a little bit differently only because he's a free agent and the lure of home for Geelong. Didn't matter. That that
1: decision to make Canelio captain changed a lot of people's opinions. Around
0: the contract he was able to be offered at Geelong? Not, or I'm not just talking the about environment. I'm, at I'm talking at the about club. the
1: environment, I'm talking about the culture. Canelio leaves, Cameron stays regardless of what they were able to offer regardless, Regardless. That fascinates me. These these decisions, they changed changed the course of clubs. Yeah. And as as I said, I'm not here blaming Dave. I'm certainly not here blaming Stephen or Tom. Yeah. They're there getting the best deal that they should be, and Tom's getting the best deal for his clients. And Stephen, at the time, was worthy of a a very big contract. Now, he was never, in my opinion, a million-dollar player, not for seven years, because the Giants had five of him. Yeah. And that's why, and we'll get into this a little bit more as the season goes on, when you think about the Cats and what they've been able to do. So like the Giants and the Tigers, they both basically pay their five best players upwards of 900 grand each. Everyone else fits in. Yeah. Works pretty well for the Tigers. Pretty Works pretty well for the Giants. Because you had guys like Castagna, Butler. They had role players. Running around on, let's just say, 120 grand and plus matches. Right. What have the Cats just done? Similar. Yeah. But even better, they, they don't pay the top end of seven figures. You know, like Dangerfield yeah, danger somewhere on. else probably could have yeah. earned 1.2. He's on somewhere between 8.50 and 9.50. But it's payback. They get the least contact hours of any club.
0: Yep. They get to drive 15 minutes from the surf coast. They get the best recovery facilities. They're, they're working almost uni hours sometimes. There's uni students I know that go to uni more than the Geelong players go to the club.
1: Yeah, sorry. Can you say that again?
0: I'm just, I just want all the Geelong players to hear that. <laughs> oh, high Danger. Do um, You think what? There is... People that go to uni for more hours a week than Geelong players spend inside the walls at GMHBA Stadium. I know some pretty loyal uni students.
1: That is unbelievable. I'm just thinking about how little time I spent at uni. <laughs> <laughs> and...
0: I did one year and done. What? Did you I... give up on uni? Yeah, I've never finished it. What did you start? At Deakin in Geelong. Yeah, but what, what course? An arts commerce degree. Yeah, it makes sense now.
1: Yeah. And you're now. And now to look, I'm trying to crunch you know, numbers. You know, on the contract one of the, the leading sports journalists in this in this country trying <laughs> to work out salary
0: cap figures. <laughs> Just on the salary cap, while I think of it, that, that's still speaking to a few clubs over the last few weeks. A conjecture because while a lot of players sign contracts at the moment for long term deals, have riders in those deals that if the salary cap increases by ten percent, my contract will go up by ten percent. Some players don't.
1: No, and which is why clubs are much more willing to give long term deals now. Yeah, and not to upset Kane Corns, who I know <laughs> doesn't like long term deals unless they're for Port Adelaide players. Because some players will sign on and take more
0: money up front but say no i'm happy not to have the rider in my contract Oh, i yeah. want more money up front so right now the fact that there's no cba beyond this year is holding up a few deals and i think that's what we're going to see a lot of movement over the next six months because clubs aren't able to
1: hinge their decisions on a salary cap right now yeah but and, and i completely agree and even then it should never be the tenure that gets people upset it's always should be the cash it's it's the yeah. deal Right? Like, so what you said earlier in the show, like, Lewis Young gets three more years, but it doesn't really matter, right? Because yeah. it's probably the cash that he's on. The, the only time it blows up in your face is when you get a Grundy or a Canelio situation where you give them such big money times so many years and their form or injury profile means they drop off and yeah. they suddenly not that player. Like the only time it really works is, sorry, the only time it doesn't work is when that happens. Yeah. Otherwise, you can always kind of get out of contracts. This is what people don't understand. If I sign Mitch Cleary to a $10 million 10-year deal and halfway through, you're not playing very well and we come to you and go, hey, Mitch, look, you're actually playing like a busted ass.
0: Are you, not in those words, but are you repeating what Graham Wright and Craig McRae said to Brodie
1: Grundy I'm last n- year? No, I'm not. No, I'm just saying that a lot of people don't understand that contracts... When they can be negotiated in, you can also negotiate them out. The only time that that money has to stay in your cap is when they're a free agent, which is why the Franklin deal was such a big story at the time. Because if he, God forbid, had an injury that meant that he couldn't run again three years in, that money, even if he wasn't playing, was sitting there for the next six years. Compare that same club to someone like Tippett, who was on a lot of money, but his ankle was cooked. And they went to him two years out and said, hey, we owe you $1.2 million. Yep. But how about you never play again, we'll pay h- you yep. half a million. Dan Hanabry, for example. Dan Hanbury same situation. Yep. So like clubs can get around Dale them. Thomas at Carlton. Dale Thomas, nuts no. Actually, no, I think he was a free agent. But he got renegotiated after the fact. Yes. So he got on so his is sec- second on his contract. Second deal, yeah. Anyway, there's, there's lots to unpack. Just
0: quickly on that, while I think of it, yep. just on one of your whiteboard items around Tom DeConing, mm. Swan's money. So Buddy's come, just come off his good money. And my view is that guys like Heaney, Callum Mills, Parker have had to back end deals because they've had to avoid the buddy money in 2020, 21, 22. Yeah. And their money has been back-ended to years 23, 24, for example, to to dodge the buddy money. Do they have the room at the Swans to fit Tom DeConing in on his market value? Not right now, but they
1: they'd move money around.
0: Yeah, just keep pushing push, pushing
1: further back. Yeah, and this is what, you know, when you've got people like Kenny Bateson and Tom Harley there, that their masters are doing this. Yep. Port Adelaide did it a few years ago when they were bringing a lot of players in. Um, you know, they went to the likes of Boak, Ollie Lines, Wines, yeah. asked them to to renegotiate their contract. And this is how you build successful cultures. Yep. So, yeah, the answer is no. It'll be tight now, but they find a way. I think Rampy might be in the last year of a deal, so they definitely find a way. But talking about contracts, and we're going to try to do this every week, and it'll be easier when when teams are playing. Yeah, overs or unders it seems to be like particularly when. A player of yours is going badly. It's always like, how much are we paying this bloke? Yeah. But by the same token, and I think you're going to give us a couple tonight, there's a lot of players that are playing way over what they're worth. And these are the this is the gold when you get a $100,000 player playing like a $600,000 player.
0: Yeah. And one I want to mention straight off the bat is Mark Witsavs. Hmm. So early 2018, he signs a five-year deal until the end of 2023. Right. That's just coming out. At that time, at the time of signing his contract, he was a one-time BNF player. He won his second BNF a few months later in 2018. Playing in a different position. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's All-Australian in a similar role, but playing higher up the ground and basically completely out of defence. Last year, he's an All-Australian and a premiership player. My view on that original deal at five years, like we just spoke about extra tenure means the Cats probably had to pay a little bit less per year, given they got the five-year deal at the time. Probably around average AFL wage, maybe a touch over, $450,000, $500,000.
1: What? Mark Blitzarves is earning under half a million dollars? Oh, probably around that. Goodness me. What That's do you like think he's ma- worth now? That's because like the
0: reverse Brody Grundy deal. He's turning 32 in a fortnight. He's playing, in my view, he's playing probably like a six to $700,000 player, but he is 32. In saying that, he doesn't have the bangs, the, the knocks and bruises because he didn't no. come in like an 18-year-old. He's only been playing footy for what is it, 10 years, 11 years? And how many? His contract this year fascinates me.
1: And how many other clubs would would, would be,
0: you know... We speak about what you spoke about with what Tom DeConin could do with Sam Draper as a second ruck. Mark Butsal has
1: almost reinvented the the requirement around the second ruck. Yeah, but a 32, like, what I'm saying is how many other clubs are going to pump up his price? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. The Cats probably owe him a couple of hundred extra extra bucks, don't they? And that's the art of list management.
0: Every list manager will tell you, if you get enough players playing on the value above what they're actually being paid, Mm. the more players you have playing above their actual wage, the better you are and the more success you'll have. Geelong have more than most, and that's why they've just won the flag. What about Eric Hipwood? Yeah, so six-year deal until the end of 2029. Speaking to some people around the industry today trying to get a feel for what that money would be, around 600-ish over six years, I reckon he's probably knocked back more money per season to get the longer deal. I put my hand up. I was stunned when I saw that deal come through that he signed until twenty twenty nine Eric Hibwood. He'll never be but again the number yeah. one forward in a forward line.
1: Yeah, but if he's earning if he's earning five hundred and fifty grand, he doesn't need yeah. to be. Like the average wage is four hundred and six. Yeah. So like what he's a he's a one and a half goal a game player. Yep. They're not super easy to find. They're not unbelievably hard to find. He's above average. Yeah. So if he signed a six year deal at eight hundred grand, I'd be falling off my chair. Yeah. But I don't think it's that. No, well then it's, it's about it's, right. It's less of an issue. Like he's, you know, he he turns twenty six this year. I haven't, I haven't got too much of an issue with it.
0: I'm just worried that I know you just mentioned what you can say around long term deals. Is this guy proven enough to get a six year deal? Like Clayton Oliver gets a seven year deal. Well, probably Quite, not. Christian Matraca, he's just never been. And I'm sure we'll get to Dylan Shield over the year. Dylan Shield was at the Giants as probably the third or fourth banana in that midfield behind all the guys you mentioned. Comes into the the Bombers. On the number one midfield money on a, on a, on a long 800 term, plus. yeah, seven fifty eight hundred, yeah. whatever it is. is clubs Kipwood, do this
1: though. Desperate clubs fall into this trap. Carlton did it with Zach Williams. Was Brisbane desperate though for Eric Hipwood? Are you talking about? No, shoes no, 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 no. That, that's no, no, that's that's the fair point that you make. Yeah, that that that's the question mark. What I would say to you is that since his second year, he hasn't kicked less than twenty five goals. He's been consistently, and he's been the second forward basically all the time. And yep. some of those teams have been playing it have been pretty average yeah look i I don't think he's going to kick you six in a grand final, but at at the money that they've been offered, I don't think it's a huge issue.
0: I don't think it's a huge issue either, but it's it's a long-term deal for a guy who no doubt has taken less per season for for a 2029 deal for someone who' was never going to be a key for it, it is a long deal, but I can see why both
1: parties have done it. Okay, last segment before we go, no more gaps, which is where we pick a club every week and tell you exactly what that team needs. And we're going to start with Essendon. With Essendon. They're like Swiss cheese, aren't they? <laughs> holes everywhere. That's good. That'll get back to them. I didn't endorse that at all. No. That's nasty. There is a lot of holes to fill. And I
0: love what they've done this year in the offseason in terms oh, here of... Comes, no, no, here comes the In feeling the biggest one from it last is year amazing. is the small forward. They didn't have... A, apart from Matt Guelphie last year, what they did, didn't have one precious have they small now? forward. They've got Alwyn Davey. Well, that was always happening. Yeah. Yes. Menzi. hasn't played. Hasn't played has come on and they got Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody back when <laughs> <What>? that was <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> when it looked like Woody that. Looked gave like it looked up. like he was going to freeo. Yeah, yeah but Woody. there was a bit of work. Like... I don't like the Tippin and Woody. I don't like you don't. It. No, no, I don't. Oh, one year deal. He's not a massive money cult figure. He's he brings more than just on field. I think. And if you heard, get I think right, heard if, heard, if you get him
1: I, right, I think I'd heard enough in the off season to not go near him again.
0: No, I'm, I'm completely
1: on the other, other side there. It's a one year
0: deal on minimum chips. For someone who can come in, he's already built a connection with the Davy Boys, he, he, Anthony Mancara. would
1: given up his career image, like I don't. Like, and then suddenly changes his mind and they bring him back. I don't, I don't like that. I would have let him. Freo go go. will have him a look at him. I would, I would have let him go to Frio.
0: What if he comes in and kicks twenty five goals this year from, from fifteen games? Then I will. Uh,
1: I will take you out for a nice dinner because I don't think he will.
0: I don't think he's going to set the world on fire early in the season. But if he gets his body right. He he sells memberships and it and I know no you're right he brings fans to to the seats I agree with that point he does and I think sometimes in footy and we do you know pardon the pun look at the nuts and bolts of what a player does on field mm-hmm. but I think that there's sometimes you can look you need to look beyond just what he's bringing the coach and the the footy department I think the memberships and what he actually does Anthony McDonald and what he goes beyond and Oh, just to pluck a figure, and I don't know exactly, but he's probably on 150 grand plus matches. Yeah. And that's 150 grand well spent, I think, for a player who's probably your 39, 40th player on the list.
1: Yeah, I just would have gone to the draft and picked another player, personally. So we're going mm-hmm. off track a bit there. Why don't Essendon have any tall midfielders? How many years yeah. have we sat here and said, well, not zero years is the answer because it's the first time you're not doing this, but people, particularly Essendon supporters, saying we don't have any big mids? Finally went and got one. Who? And he's not a star and he's not gonna set the world on fire, but he serves a role. Will Setterfield. No, 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 no. No. Will Setterfield's not a big midfielder. That's all is he? Well, okay, I'll we'll get the I'll, I'll get the number for I, I reckon Will Setterfield is I'm gonna say one eighty eight. That's not a big midfielder. You're saying a Cripps and a Bonton one ninety two plus? It has to be in the 190s. If I'm talking about big midfielders. Will Setterfield is listed as 192 cent okay, so he's a little bit bigger than I thought he was. <laughs> plays maybe he plays smaller. Okay, I'm I'm i I'm doubling down on this. Will Setterfield played on the wing, occasionally for Carlton's first. Yeah, because you, who was he going to knock out of Hewitt, Cripps, and Kennedy before the, Those guys even got there. He was playing. He he, he was struggling. Essendon you- picked up a recycled Carlton player that couldn't break into their best midfield team. Who doesn't like? Okay, he's one hundred and ninety-two centimeters. He doesn't. He doesn't have the ability above his head that a lot of those other guys would. I'll give you that. By the way, this is not about Will. Will yeah, got yeah. misused at GWS and then injured. And and got completely crucified by a Carlton coaching staff that didn't know how to handle it. And and yeah. now he's had to find himself at, at a third club and I wish him all the best. Yeah. But he is not the answer and Essendon fans thinking that he's the answer to a big body midfielder, it's so unfair on him. Because he's not that.
0: Yeah, I am with you on the, the need that they should have gone after this finally they've they've solved it. But I don't he's not the he's not the answer like a Crips and a Bontopelle. He's not a he's not a game changer. He's not gonna take a game by the by the scruff of the neck and, and change it, is he? No. But they finally went and did something about it after five, six years of everyone telling them they should have been.
1: Yeah, I just I I, I, I look at Essendon, and I think if you're sitting there believing that Brad Scott is going to come in, and change everything, it's such a big ask on Brad Scott with the list that he's got. Like they've got to go back to the draft again. They've got to draft big midfielders. like Sadis, another I was, key forward. He's a one eighty seven. He he doesn't
0: play like a big bodied player like we no, just discussed. One eighty sevens. But he, he's Sh- bigger than what they've got than me. with Parrish and McGrath. C- can one of those f- fall out this year? So look at what Essendon have done with their midfield. I know mean, we're talking about what they actually need to do to, to bring in. But you've got Parrish, Sheel, Merritt, set of field is thereabouts. Hobbs, first round pick. Sardis, first round pick. Mm. Archie Perkins, drafted as a half forward but will end up as a midfielder. I like Perkins. Parrish is a free agent. I think he's a star, Darcy Parrish. I and don't. he's a. Is a genuine A-grade midfielder. No. You don't?
1: No. I think he's a he's a good player.
0: He's an A-grader. No, he's not.
1: I'm not going to get into this lettering with you because just, it falls into... He's not an A-grader. Okay. Patrick Cripps is an A-grader. Marcus Pontepal is an A-grader.
0: How many A-graders do you have across the comp? I don't, I don't know. Less than 20.
1: Yeah. He's a best and fairest
0: winner, I'm pretty sure. Darcy Parrish. For a team that's not very good. Yeah. He's not an A-grader. My question is, is there one there that can fall out and is he the one this year as a free agent? given what they've got around that midfield.
1: Yeah, I, I like. I would love to see Darcy Parish play somewhere like Geelong because I just think he'd be perfect. Yeah. When you're playing behind the, the stars that they've got, like I think he'd be great. I think asking Darcy Parrish to carry a midfield is, is too much.
0: I just look at Geelong now with Parfitt, Max Holmes, Jai Clark, who they got with pick seven this year, the need for Darcy Parish there. We all thought two years ago, life after Selwood would Parish would be the perfect replacement as a country kid from the area, from Winchelsea up the road. I just don't think that Geelong midfield is craving a Darcy Parish like it was probably eighteen months ago. No, no, ago. you're probably you're probably right. I'm just just because that's going to be the natural link
1: this year, isn't it? If he's he still out of contract, the longer it, the longer uh-huh. it lingers on. I, I just think I know I was quite vocal at the time for Brad not taking the job because he was. At the AFL, because I just felt like the Bombers were a total mess at the time with everything going on with Clarkson, and they have proven that since with what's happened. With they've still got a director of footy who didn't in, want the coach who endorsed after the fact that he thought James Heard should have got the role. Still on the board, by the way. Then they had a CEO that was hired and sacked within a 24 hour period. There's the Vozo appointment is the right appointment for footy, yeah, but there's still ruminations about what's going on in the footy department, and you know, will Adrian DeDoro keep his job? All that sort of stuff. So, what I would say is that Brad Scott's record is this. He took an average side to consecutive prelims, one of which they were three goals up half through the second quarter against West Coast, I think, yep. over there, with a really average list. So, he's got a good record. He then, when they bottomed out, went to the chairman and said, we've got a problem here. We need to basically start again. Yes. They said, no, we don't believe you. We're going to get rid of you. North Melbourne have basically been on their knees since that decision. Like he was absolutely... Proven 110% right. He was vindicated, wasn't he? And I don't think he's proud of that because no. it's a club that he loved and helped build up. He has now gone to Essendon, and I think the sound's coming out of Essendon is he's looking at the list and thinking, well, we, we need to be patient here. If I'm Essendon, I am fully investing in Brad Scott's opinion yeah. and his, like his vision for the footy club because... Unfortunately, Essendon's arrogance have gotten them nowhere in the last twenty years. In the same way that Carlton's arrogance have gotten them nowhere in the last twenty years. You need how many times does Essendon to do this though? Like they went and go, they
0: go and get Shield Stringer and Smith in the same off season, yep. thinking they were close. They would made a final series and went out first week. Now we're back to square one again. Mm. If they're going down this path, I'm with you. Just one more on the Bombers in terms of from my and what they need is a key back. I love the Zach Reid pick in the draft but he's unfortunately his body just hasn't got yeah. right.
1: They've got Reed and, and Ridley sort of yeah. look like they're going to be the future.
0: Sirk Thatch is sort of there,
1: thereabouts, but I don't
0: think he's going to be to use my expression an A grade defender.
1: No, and who's the um the tall winger that pl- kicks on both feet? Cox. Nick Cox. Nick Cox. Who they think could play could play back if you want yeah, to. Yeah, and I think it would make a great central back, but just can't the- get on the park. Agreed. Ben McKay is oh, okay.
0: Screaming out to me in terms of a, a Lockdown down, full back.
1: You really want to hurt some supporting supporter groups in our first episode. <laughs> well, Melbourne, now, now North, Because well, if things couldn't get worse. There's going to be a question Moore. for North. He's the a Bull free Black's agent.
0: <laughs> and this is going to be a question around a few clubs this year. Ben McKay's a free agent. Yeah. If he walks out of North- Is he restricted? No. I think he will be. I th- I'm guessing he'll be in the we, top 25 have, have we, we haven't got the official, but I think he will be. Because let's say he does leave North and they finish bottom four. There's a top four, top five pick- so it's not all doom and gloom if a free agent does walk out on your club when you're on your knees, like a Ben Mackay. Now, you could argue he's worth more to North Melbourne than pick five right now in the long term because he's clearing away their best fullback. He's probably one of the best intercept defenders in the competition when he's up and going, Ben Mackay. He was taking marks. He was plucking marks for fun last year.
1: I think, I, I, I think you've gone a little bit hard there. On Ben Mackay? Yeah.
0: Probably on his trajectory, I, I think he's heading that way. Maybe I've gone a bit early on him. But he was plucking marks for fun
1: last year. He, was, oh, he I got injured pl- a couple I of times. I think plucking marks for fun is a bit. Uh, was he? North got hammered a lot. I'm not sure their fullback was plucking marks for fun. Anyway,
0: I think on the open market, gonna, <laughs> this is this is something you're going to even disagree with further. I think there's a there's a club out there that would pay someone like Ben McKay seven hundred seven
1: hundred fifty grand. Ha- hang on, the, the need Sorry, for you backs, talk, you're talking about Harry,
0: the one that wears the blue no. and white pinstripes. No, Mitch. You- <laughs> Because. No. No. Look at the last few Premiership teams. No. Melbourne, Lee, Lever and May, Geelong, De Koning, and Tom Stewart. Are you, are you comparing Stephen May to Ben <laughs> No, ben but McKay? the need to, to get these. I think Ben McKay could Stephen, clearly Stephen stand May up. Might, might be the best, <laughs> <Stephen> <laughs> best defender of the game. Stephen May is a lot better footballer than Ben McKay. I think he's one of the best. He's probably, along with Tom Stewart, the best defender in the game. But my point is clubs build around their back line more than How have you waited until before. the last
1: minute of this podcast to drop Ben McKay? How is this not on your whiteboard? I, go back we're putting it
0: on there's no way that I I've got no I've got no insight if they've met with him or where they're at but it just means it makes so much sense to me that Essen so need a key you, back you think like that Essendon
1: should pay Ben Mackay
0: and he's the best, three quarters of a million dollars he's the best key back on the market this year along with probably Tom Duday
1: yeah I, I think the best key back on the market this year is actually forward that should be playing back and that's Harry Himmelberg but we'll get to him at later episodes yeah. I can't I'm going to watch Ben Mackay I can't watch him because he's injured he's injured and he's going to miss the game against his brother in round four. Which does beg the question, are they not the same person? <laughs> Maybe their average wage might bump up a bit after his the See, I know team. why you dropped this late, because he can't be proven wrong while he's not playing. This is the genius in you.
0: Well, the, you could always say the players add value when they're out of the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, how did your name get get yeah, first in this, That's a good mind. question. Is it it's alphabetical? Mid- Tradies, Mitch Cleary and Sam, oh, I'm the end. Maybe I'm seen as more of the tradie. Gone under the radar. Hey, if you'd like to ask us a question, you can hit us up on socials. Uh, Mitch on Instagram is big on Instagram at Cleary underscore Mitch. What about TikTok? I'm S McClure sixteen. That's with two C's. Trady's Instagrams at Trady's Podcast, and apparently TikTok. Who uh, our, our team at producer trying to get me onto? I I I don't think I've got the I don't think I've got the mental capacity. TikTok or emotional is capacity, airborne right like here. Ben Mackay. Are you? Yeah. There must be something going on with you and Ben. It, you must know each other. There's got to be some sort of quid pro quo going on. I've missed something there. I'm
0: going to spend the week on my laptop cutting Sarah Ben McCoy edits. Uh, thanks for
1: listening to episode one. We hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.